Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochilprano. Good morning, Andy. Blue gang. Blue gang in the house. Team Teal. It's raining here in Southern California, Andy. Joe, Rain is, uh, I just Googled it this morning, is what happens when this water falls from the sky. It's, I hate it. It's raining here, too some bullshit we're basically in the same spot we're basically in the same place yeah you've gotten a lot of rain though um yeah i I think it's rained uh i mean it rained a little bit when i was out of town a couple weeks ago uh not as much rain as like i feel like is normal for this time of year i feel like we usually get actually i feel like it's like usually a little bit earlier in the winter but uh but finally it's finally here we're getting we're getting the rain in bunches now you know how I know we're old? We always talking about the weather. Always to start the show. Yeah. Like, oh, what's the weather like over there? That's like cool. that's a conversation I have every time I call home to my dad. What's the weather like over there? Well, here we are, old people talking sports. You know how I you know how else I know I you know how I know we're not old? We're not living and dying by the NCAA basketball tournament. Ooh. I feel like that's a real old people thing, too. Old people love college basketball. Do they? I feel like they do. I feel like it's old and also very young. It's just like old, you know, it's college kids and then guys reminiscing about their college days. Yeah. I was when I was at Purdue, we had Glenn Robinson at the the junior, not the third, not this younger one. Big dog, the big dog. He could ball, by the way. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure they never made a Final Four with him, though. They were number one seed. I think they made it to the lead eight. That's as far as they went under the angriest coach. Dude, we should do a ranking of angriest college coach. Gene Cady. I mean, for, for a while, the state of Indiana had a lot of them. Gene Cady and, and Bobby Knight together yeah. in the same conference. Calhoun's got to be on that list, right? He's a pretty angry coach. Yeah. Who else was always angry? trying to think who else stands out as like just always pissed off yeah i always i always like the cool calm and collected coaches more the lute olsen types who's just standing there like a like a, a lizard in the arizona sun oh yeah he's like on the sideline not he's moving like, he's like dude let's get this game over i gotta hit the golf course yeah lute was the shit love lute that's where I'd want to go, man. If I was a baller, I'd I'd want to go to a school like that where you're, where you're in the nice weather, you can party, still got the college campus vibe though in Tucson. Yeah. That's where it's at. You know, not Indiana where we should do a 64 team bracket of just where we wish we could have played college basketball if we were good enough to play college basketball since we're barely going to talk about the NCAA tournament this year. <laughs> Well, we, we've talked zero basketball because none of us like normally I'm the guy who watches it. I just didn't watch any. Yeah. 
And I think I've made it. No, the, the reasons are it's, I just like, what, what was, what was called major college sports this year? Like you talk about uh, just a giant debacle and if everything's canceled left and right, how can I, how can I, and, and I, and this is a legitimate question for anybody who is into it. How can you get into a season? Like, so take me born and raised Xavier basketball fan. They had 11 games canceled. 30% of their games are canceled. How can I get into a team that cancels well, 30% well, of their games? Well, let me ask you something. Did you get into their games before they started having games canceled? And then you were like, I'm out. No, I, I, I threw the towel in basically when the season started because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I would argue that, uh, and you know, I'm just a guy who has no interest in college basketball generally. I think it's pretty poor quality of basketball, at least compared to watching NBA games. Um, that you know, this was this was an easy out. College basketball is not that great, and you took an easy out. You're like, nah, fuck it. I've got stuff to do. You know, subconsciously, you're like, they're going to cancel some games. This is my opportunity to have an excuse not to watch college basketball. Well, you're probably right. Also, when I can't go, when I'm living in the city where it's my team and I can't even go, it's just you and I said it a lot with college football, and it's true. I just think fans being in attendance means more to college sports than pros. It just does. Yeah. The atmosphere the crowd noise all like duke playing at cameron i don't think it's a coincidence that duke was 500 this year right when they don't have fans right i i'd argue that plays a huge part of it the whole point of college sports is the band the cheerleaders all that stuff you take that out of it i don't just like like i like sport for the whole experience especially yeah, college if, sport if, if you take if you take all that out of college basketball, it's a a reckless three point contest. I mean, seriously though, right? But it's playing it's playing you know thirty five minutes of basketball, then a bunch of guys fouling each other, and then guys taking wild contested three point shots to see who wins in the last ninety seconds. So here's what we're gonna do: since neither of us really watched it, and we're just gonna be honest, like we are right now, we're gonna bring Tug Coker. Resident college basketball fan. You know, he roots for Michigan, Virginia. Yeah, he, did Virginia make the tournament? I, the sad thing is, I assume. I don't even know. Yeah. Michigan's a one seed, I believe. They are. He's got he's got Michigan. He's got Virginia. He's William, got William and Mary. And Mary. He's got... Uh, you he's know, got Oklahoma it, ties, too. Yeah, Oklahoma. That's right. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, we'll have Tug on. And also, let's be like, listen, I know, I know the majority of podcast fans listen to numerous podcasts. I'm I'm I would bet that over 50% of our listeners were not the only sports podcast they listen to. And if we are the only sports podcast you listen to, th- oh, thank you. I love you. Um, but I'm sure most people who listen to a sports podcast listen to multiple sports podcasts. I'm sure your other podcast talk college basketball i have tried my hardest not to talk college basketball for years and uh you know my dream has come true yeah well again i i just think it it was 
if you look at the pro leagues and then college, I know in a way it's apples to oranges, but how they handled all this and what we saw happening, it's just a mess. And when, again, when you take the atmosphere out of it, like you said, I'm not going to a college basketball game to see pure basketball. Unlike the NBA, I'm going to see the whole fanfare of it right it's just a different energy and when you take that out what's the point of watching are you interested in all at the idea of this like bubble ish tournament it's not even a bubble but like the all in indiana indianapolis tournament is like there is there any sort of interest level for you i not really any sort of rooting interest in this tournament are you like are you rooting for or against anybody are you openly rooting against shabelli You've always well, been pretty anti-Gonzaga. Well, Gonzaga, I just, I, I'm anti, like, Gonzaga, they beat a lot of good teams this year, but also, I mean, they're just in a terrible conference. So, um, I think it would be funny, like you've stated on the show before, if all Shabelli's teams won in quote-unquote asterisk years, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm excited Syracuse got in. I'll fill out my bracket. I'll put Syracuse in the final four. We'll see what happens. The four times I've won uh, tournament brackets, it's because it was the years that Syracuse went far. I'll ride my boy Bayheim again. Is Jim Bayheim even the coach here still? He's yeah, he's me. still coaching. Yeah. But like my point on the phone yesterday with you, when Duke and Virginia have to pull out mid ACC tournament, yeah. And a lot of teams had to do that, right? Like, like if you have to pull out mid tournament because of COVID tracing or positive COVID test, what is the point that that's all I'm trying to say. I, I would argue, bring on anybody. Like I could look at the top ESPN analyst, whether it's Jay Billis or whoever it is and be like, dude, how is this season valid? If teams that, that would be, that would be like in the NBA for the eight seed, a, a team just drops out. Like when they were doing the play in, in the bubble, it, it's just, there's no validity to this season. In my opinion, it's, well, it's a- I think, I, th- I think with the majority of the sports in 2020 and now into 2021, it's been a money grab, you know, there's sure. just, there's just, there's no arguing that they're, you know, kind of disregarding safety. They're disregarding whatever, just to get, the money of it. Now, some sports leagues obviously did it better than others. Um, I think the NBA had a fantastic, you know, approach of taking all the time off that they needed to figure everything out, then coming back with a bubble. Now they're, you know, they sorted it out for this year. They're playing games. Fans are starting to be allowed. Like it all kind of happened like with what was going on. Obviously college basketball entirely canceled midseason last year. They weren't about to let that happen again. So, we and the other thing we know is when it comes to college basketball, it's so big, college sports in general, it's so big. There's so many conferences, there's so many different things at play here. And the NCAA has been atrocious across the board for years. You knew that they weren't going to handle it properly. But you know, uh, I love to shit on the NCAA, but at the same time, you know, there's however many division one college basketball teams 175 or whatever like i don't know how you police everything i don't know how you make it work but the great thing is i don't care how they make it work i would the the, you know the thing with me is i watch 
my TV, the majority of time when I watch television now, it's like via the YouTube TV app. You know, if I'm just trying to see like what's on and they're, they have a pretty good algorithm. They figure out what you typically watch and it kind of shows up to the top. So there's always a lot of sports bubbling at the top of the like featured for me thing. And at this point, there's almost nothing I'll watch after I'd watch college basketball. You know what I mean? Like if I go on and NBA's on or preseason baseball or, you know, uh, NFL live or golf or any, like I, I never go, Oh, Marquette Georgetown. Gotta see what's going on in Marquette Georgetown. Like I just, I literally could not care less. And most of the time, if, if college basketball is the only sport on, I'll just be like, all right, what movie are we watching? Yeah. I just well, ne- don't care. Never have cared. It's been a long time since I got into it. So, you know, we'll have Tug come on and uh, I'll, I'll fill out a bracket. You know, why not? Like, who cares? I'm but, not. But, but like, 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 I, I don't I don't want to be the like negative guy, but I'm just I just I'm not even filling out a bracket. Like, my point is I watched. I can honestly say this. I'm 39 years old since I started watching college basketball probably around seven or eight this is by far the least amount i've ever watched like it doesn't even compare and it's kind of like major league baseball when the strike happened once once you leave i don't know it'll, it'll be tough to get me back i'd love to go see some college basketball games next year it doesn't mean i'm not gonna support it but as far as watching it i already said that to you yesterday i was like you'll have season tickets to xavier no i won't have season tickets you'll be no way. you'll be the guy you'll be mr xavier basketball next year the mascot the musketeer yeah that'll be me no i no i'm not saying i look i'll go to you know me I, i'm like you like we'll go to any live sports events i don't care the sport i'm down for any like if somebody's like hey let's go to a tennis match or what I, like I'm down. I, I like the experience of seeing competitive competition in general, but I'm talking sitting down and watching it, especially after living in a city where it's all NBA for the last 13 years. You know, it's tough. I and I just again, I don't know, Prano. Like the bubble thing is interesting, but again, when you're only at 25, 30 percent capacity, I don't. The energy. What's so great about the the NCAA tournament is you get these final fours in front of 30, 40, 50,000 people. Like it's cool, man. That's a whole I mean, vibe in the last, I would say in the last decade, it's closer to 70, 80,000 people. They're playing in the big new football stadiums that are, that's all part of the deal. You'll get the final four. You'll get, well, I don't, I don't think they seat everybody, but, but like, like I've, have you ever seen a NCAA basketball game in a dome? Um, I don't think so. It's pretty cool. I went St. Louis, in their dome when I was in college, it wasn't even final four had the first and second round, but even that where the Rams used to play, they're putting 35, 40,000 people for first and second round games. It's a cool thing to see, you know, and to go from game after game after game, like that was fun. That was a fun experience for me. Again, when you were moving that, what the fuck are we watching here? Shitty basketball. That's what we're watching. At the end of the day, I, I can mean, watch. I've, I've been telling you that for years. You, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even let me make that argument years ago. You're, like, no, oh, no, you're just a hater. No, that's not true. W- what I said was it might be shitty, but I can still watch it. 
again, but now when you take out everything else, the fanfare, I don't like, like my getaway from reality, quote unquote, or whatever my day-to-day life is, is not going to be, you know, a shitty game where I'm like, dude, I, I, come on, what am I doing here? That being said, said, we'll have tug on. And also before we even have tug on, we, we do have to talk about one great college basketball success from over the weekend. What's that? Big, big arms spread looking at the garden after finally achieving victory there. My boy, big Pat, my man, my childhood hero, one Patrick- of my childhood heroes, Patrick Ewing, leads the Georgetown Hoyas to the Big East. I don't even wow. know who's in the Big East. I'm assuming they beat, you know, St. Joe's. And uh, St. Joe's has never been in the Big East. They upset number one Villanova in the okay. conference tournament. Good. Villanova's a good. I've heard of them. They beat, Who else is in the Big East these days? They beat Creighton in the final. Creighton, which is in Nebraska? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we're now the name Big East is it has meaning because it's so big that we're, we're deep into the Midwest. I mean, Nebraska's West of the Mississippi, isn't it? Yeah. Omaha. Jesus. They're the farthest big East. Big East. There's 10 teams very, in the big East. They call it the very big East these days. <laughs> yeah. And I forget who University else they of beat. Puerto Rico, San Juan. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as St. St. John's. I think Grand Canyon University Grand is Canyon uh, University, Slippery Rock in the Big East. Yep. Yeah. University of Alaska, Anchorage. <laughs> the Big East is the United States of America. That's what it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, they had a huge run, man. They upset team after team and they won the conference tournament to get the automatic bid. But as you know, the big story from this tournament and Georgetown winning is that the security guards at Madison Square Garden somehow did not recognize Hall of Famer, retired Knicks jersey, all-time legend, who's seven foot two, Patrick Ewing, when he was seven trying to get tall. through. Seven feet tall. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard mo- yeah, I heard somebody call him 6'11 the other day. I mean, Pat, Patrick Ewing, just a clean seven foot with the flat top, I believe. So maybe, you know. Maybe he's a little shorter these days, but uh, I mean, that's, that's the thing for me. I mean, yes, we have like, first of all, let's start with the James Dolan era. Oh my God. Of, of of retired Knicks. Like who is getting respect at the garden that like Charles Oakley dragged out in handcuffs. (laughs) Patrick Ewing can't get in. Like, I mean, what a debacle the way, like, but most importantly, again, let's go back to it. The seven foot tall black man who is there for a basketball tournament. Let's take the Patrick Ewing playing for the Knicks out of it. Like, how dumb you got to be not to know this dude is here in some sort of basketball capacity. Yeah. He doesn't need a bat. Like, I can guarantee you with 100% certainty. No other seven footers attended the Big East tournament as ticketed attendees. Yeah. No one was like, no, I am not with one of these teams. I'm just a seven foot guy who's here to watch some basketball. 
But yeah, I mean, you're Patrick Ewing. If if garden employees aren't going to recognize Patrick Ewing, who are they going to recognize? That's a great point. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who's in the rafters. His numbers retired. All time he, Nick. He's all time Nick. He's also a modern all time Nick. I mean, we're not talking about you know Bill DeBusher showing up. Like we're we're talking about you know. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Exactly. We're not talking but, about Derek Harper. You know, we're not talking about like random Knicks. You know, this isn't Mike Sweetney showing Bill, up. Bill Bradley. Yeah. We're talking about Patrick Ewing. If Patrick Ewing can't get like who is getting recognized? <laughs> I can't think of like almost I honestly I can't think of a more famous former garden employee than Patrick Ewing. Like it really Mark, is a great point. Mark Messier is not more recognizable than Patrick Ewing. No, I mean, I don't even know if PT Barnum actually even, uh, you know, attended the garden circuses. He's probably long dead before they moved into the world's most famous arena. Who how, is, are you recognizing? How does this happen? I mean, there, there really is, a giant question mark here. How do you not recognize Patrick Ewing? The James Dolan era, to me, this is a microcosm that epitomizes his ownership of New York Knicks and, you know, Madison Square Garden, the whole thing. Also, if you're the security guy and you like Patrick Ewing walks up and the last 50 feet of him walking to the door, he's like, people are just like patting him on the back and shaking his hand and bowing and being like, so big Pat. Love you, Pat. My fucking hero. He's like, uh, sir, do you have a ticket? <laughs> that guy just said, I'm his fucking hero. Do you not? Do you think just everybody here knows some guy who's attending the Georgetown game as a fan? Every single person outside of this arena knows who Big Pat is? Yeah. Again, take, take everything out of it. A seven-foot black dude walks up. You know what, Pat? Like, I, we've talked about this all the time. How all these guys needs need a man. Like, I think Patrick Ewing just needs to hire me as again. Like, I can be his driver, but also every time he enters Madison Square Garden in any capacity, I could be like the man in the middle, seven <laughs> feet from Georgetown, Patrick Ewing. I mean, uh, the next the, the the whole garden should be ashamed of itself. Like it, it, it really is mind blowing. I would say the equivalence. I think this is a fair equivalent to make it local for myself. It'd be like if Pete Rose walked up to Great American Ballpark, yeah, and they said, uh, "We need your credentials, sir." Yeah. The only difference is Pete Rose Pete, isn't allowed. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that too. But also, Pete Rose is a five eight white dude with a bulk. Like he's. Yeah. He is a lot of guys like there's not seven footers just randomly walking into the garden. Yeah, that's it, true. And from what I read, correct me if I'm wrong. Like he said, multiple issues with this going into the garden. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't a one off thing. They're harassing him. On numerous occasions when he tries to enter Madison Square Garden. 
they probably just gave them a team picture of like the nineties Knicks, like Pat Riley's Knicks. And they're like, most of these guys are not allowed in the garden anymore because we're assholes. So don't let them in unless they have credentials. They're like, how about the really big guy that everybody's huddled around? Yeah, that's Patrick Ewing. Technically he's allowed. He's allowed back. Although just in March, God, it's gotta be the embarrassment for you and James Dolan. I mean, this is like, that's just that, add it to the list of reasons that the Knicks need to get rid of James Dolan. That's what I'm saying. Like this is peak moment right here. This is, you know, this is a great, this is like, this is that pre hopefully end of an era moment. Like the Knicks starting to turn it around, starting to see a little bit of, Light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. But, you know, the fear always as a Knicks fan is, is James Dolan's there. So they'll fuck it up, you know? Yeah. They're going to trade every single person for Bradley Beal and Carmelo Anthony and try to, try to win the championship this year. Uh, and they'll be terrible for years to come. But, you know, this is like the Mets in 2015. Now, I'm not saying that the Knicks are going to the NBA Finals by any means, but, like, there's a little bit of light despite ownership. And now the Mets have turned it around and gotten a new owner with like, we need to get James Dolan. This is just, this should just go into the list of reasons why James Dolan is not qualified and should be removed as the Knicks owner removed. Yeah. I mean, I mean I Woody Allen doesn't need his pass to walk into the garden. Seriously. Good point. Shots fired there, by the way. <laughs> Have you uh, have you watched that documentary? I have, yeah. Have you watched it? No. It's uh, it's interesting. Although, like you know, I said I said I think on the show a couple weeks ago, it's like you know, none of this stuff is news to me. I mean, the stuff the the stuff directly from his daughter is news to me, but most of this stuff, you know. When you're in New York, this stuff all plays out in the New York tabloids every day. Like I remember, I remember the early '90s. I remember the Woody Allen, you know, trial and you know the Woody Allen uh, scandal. I remember seeing him and his daughter wife at Knicks games. I mean, that really is a great point, though. Openly welcoming guy who married his adopted daughter. He's like, <coughs> yeah, hi, hi, um, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got the seats. They're like, we know who you are, Woody. Meanwhile, Patrick Ewing walks in. He's like, yeah, so uh, which way to the home team locker room? And they're like, what? Who are you? I'm going to need to see a badge. I mean, the disrespect, the absolute disrespect. Well. If we can segue from probably uh, Carmelo stands, it's probably it's probably the Carmelo stand era. Those guys, you know, 20, ooh, I, like, I like that. I like 20, the theory. 20 something, you know, Knicks fans getting hired to work the garden. Nah, man, I don't know you. I don't know. You. I'm gonna need to see a badge. You know, mellow. When's mellow coming back? Do you do you think I'm gonna say this? And I already I already see some dirt balls going. Okay, boomer to me. But I'm just gonna pose it. A question. Do you think this is part of a problem of the younger generation not knowing how like anything about the greats or yes, I also think I versus, also think versus when we grew up. Yes. And I also think, and this doesn't necessarily 
have to do with this specific generation, but I also think that there's uh, just like a total lack of common sense. Like, again, you don't have to know who Patrick Ewing is, but use some, you know, use some common sense. The seven footer that just walked up into the private entrance area that no one else would even know how to access this entrance. A seven foot guy walked up. He's here on official business. That doesn't take a lot. Like, we're not even putting two and two together. We're just putting two. Like, just, just, you're starting with the number two. Like, all right, here's a math problem. All right, that's a number. Like, start there, dude. It goes back to what I always say. We've never had more access to information as every year increases. More people. But, so, but we've never had access to more distraction. All the information's out there, but they're playing Fortnite. Exactly. There it is. And remember when I would go through my phases of getting so angry at the dirt balls? Just Google it. Just Google it. Yeah. But, you know, it's true. Like the, you the, the guy who denied him entry has to be walking up to the garden on his walking to his post on his phone every shift. Otherwise, you walked by 35 pictures of Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Look around, dude. I'm yeah. that guy. Yeah, seriously. Unreal. Almost unbelievable. I feel like we're just living in all our news, and this is part of it. We're just living in a constantly real-time Onion or like South Park or Family Guy, whatever you want to use, episode. Yeah. Like in real time. And, and this is one of them. I mean, what's I'll next? I'll, I'll tell you what, who. what's next. Derek Jeter walks up to Yankee Stadium and they're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. I think this is why I heard this is why Chris Mullen got out of college basketball. He didn't get recognized walking in the garden. He's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the Johnny's greatest moments in Johnny's history all happened here with me on the floor with a butt cut. Middle pot. You know, they say middle pots are back. Millennials don't like side pots. Well, I was the original middle pot. Middle pot to flat top transition. No one did it better than me. I come into the garden. No one knows who I am. Come on. Greatest lefty scorer in college basketball history. Who, who do you think this is? Come on, guys. I'm not. Yeah, you know, listen. I mean, Pat. Pat's seven feet tall. How do you not know who Pat is? Come on. This is ridiculous. I'm out of college basketball. I'm going to go back to doing whatever I was doing. Which, by the way, was uh, running a convenience store in... Uh, in Ridgewood, Queens. So if you guys need a paper and a donut, come see me. Well, another legend is coming back to the college ranks. And uh, he keeps winning. I, I have to mention Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino is now, he took Iona. Iona's made the tournament. It's his fifth team. Yeah. Only other, two other coaches have ever done it. So he's taken... Boston University, Providence, Kentucky, Louisville, and now Iona. Five teams in the tournament. Dude, say what you want about Sleazy Patino. And the only place he had, it wasn't successful is his fucking the Knicks and the Celtics. Celtics. Say what you want, because obviously there's a lot there to say. Yeah. Guy wins at the collegiate level. And did they win their tournament? Yeah. I like it. Make some noise. What part of New York is that? 
That's up. That's uh. That's in South Westchester. It's like it's like borderline Bronx Westchester. I think it's in New Rochelle or like somewhere around there. So then it begs the question, Prano. You, you, we see it all the time, right? Like he's got to leave the scandal, you know, everything from the prostitutes to people being paid, the Adidas. I mean, there's this was a multi-layered scandal. He had at Louisville. He goes to Greece, coaches for a couple of years, comes back to a smaller school, already starts winning. And I, I said this all along. How long before he's back with a big program? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, he. you know, listen, the thing with Patino is he's not that young anymore. No, he's almost he, 70. Yeah, he's almost 70. I'm, they gave him an absurd deal. Like they've probably spent more money to hire Rick Patino at Iona than they've spent in the history of Iona sports. And he probably lives at his house on winged foot. He probably, you know, he's got a 10 minute commute to work. He's, you know, he's living in Westchester. Like his life is good. He's probably, this is probably his swan song. Yeah. Cause why, like what, you know, what, what, what do you need to do? You need all the controversy. Like no one gives a shit. You know, it's Iona. It's like this. This was a success. He got them in. Can you imagine if he wins two tournament games? They'll be like, is Rick Pitino the greatest basketball coach in history? That's what that's what he'll have to accomplish. Like serious question, Andy. If he gets to the sweet 16, that will be a conversation, right? Is he 100. the greatest college basketball coach of all time? No, it won't be because Coach K has that. Okay. But I'm saying they'll they'll it'll be a talking point. Well, it'll be like, where does he rank all time? Yeah. If he wins two games. So I don't know. This could be the end. He could just be. The Gale. That's what's yeah. a Gale. That's that's Iona. What's a Gale? I don't know. Some sort of. Some sort of like. Religious. Priestess or something. Who knows? The Gales are an ethno-linguistic group native to Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man in the northwestern Europe. Okay. But are they the Golden Gales? I have no idea. I, I just see Gales. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's going on, but uh bring yeah. that NCA. NCAA tournament trophy back to the 914 dog. I can't see Rick Bettino without thinking about the story of him lasting two seconds in that girl on the restaurant top. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I that do. was, that was like way before all this came out. Yeah. When he cheated on his wife on top of a restaurant, not on top of a restaurant, but on top of a table in a restaurant. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> on top of a restaurant. <laughs> I fucked a girl on the roof of an Applebee's. <laughs> I just love that. Like that was disclosed in court and your honor. He lasted 22.7 seconds. Yeah. He grunted, made a funny face. I believe that's known as his O face. He's like, sorry, I'm just, I, you know, I'm just always on shot clock time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That'll, that'll be the team I'm rooting for. There we have it. Iona. Great. Sleazy Rick Patino. I'll be rude. Let's go. For him. How many? L- listen, uh, Syracuse, Georgetown, Iona. Are these guys all in different brackets? That'd be great for me. 
let me see who who is uh who is this I, is our college basketball coverage it's the worst coverage ever iona I is a 15 seed they're playing two-seeded alabama yes and i East. love that love that upset potential yeah bama versus iona i'll be watching it for sure yeah it, it, i don't even know why they do regions right because it, you're all in the state of Indiana. So does it really yeah. matter? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'll be watching it. I'll be checking that and game that, out. And this concludes the dirty sports college basketball coverage. Please check out other podcasts that know who's playing in the tournament or come back Thursday <laughs> or come back Thursday when Tug Coker will be on. Yeah. Tug will be on and we'll discuss it. Um, but I, I know I've, the got, key- I've got, some, and for you golf fans, I've got some golf, some, some light golf to talk with Tug too. I've, cool. I have, a, I have a couple of, golf queries for tug well i will uh i'll be rooting for the gales and and i think the key we, we talked about rick patino's success his longevity over all these years i think the key is he's always had a clean shaven face and i know for a fact that rick patino uses harry's razors joe that's what gives him that nice clean pristine face I used Harry's razors last night, Andy. I like to look. I like to be fresh on the Dirty Sports podcast. Look at that. I'm kind of nice and clean. This is 12 hours later, too. I mean, yeah, you know what me, me and you both look. Look at me. I, I I shaved last night as well. Used Harry's about 12 hours ago. Same thing. Looking I love good. Harry's too because I love you know the the razors are great, but then the aftershave's great. Moisturizer is great. All the you know body wash. It's all great. It, it really it's is so great guys for a limited time. Harry's is offering their starter set plus a free body wash, which Joe's talking about for just $3 at Harry's.com forward slash dirty. I mean, I mean, it really is guys. I, I, I've been using them. We have been using them together since we started working with Harry's a good five or six years ago. I've got all my brothers, all five of my brother or four brothers using them. My, my father used them. A little a little bonus gift I found actually in the uh, bedroom of, of my parents. I found a bunch of Harry's razors that my dad yeah. had. So I'm not going to have to buy those for a while. So guys, get on Harry's. It, it really is great. You get a close, comfortable shave at a fair price. Only $2 per refill. It's that cheap. For a limited time, Harry's has an exclusive offer for all the listeners of Dirty Sports. New customers can get a Harry starter set and a free body wash. This is a great deal for just $3 at harrys.com forward slash dirty. That's over a $16 value for just $3. You'll get a five blade razor, weighted handle, foamy shave gel, a travel cover, and a travel size body wash. It's an incredible great deal, but act fast while supplies last. Go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer. And that link will be in the description of this podcast or just pause it right now. Go ahead, do that. Get that great deal and look clean and look fresh. Okay, we have a lot of NFL news to cover, Joe. Yeah, free agency is underway. It's happening. So we had a big signing this morning. Shaq Barrett has re-signed with the Bucks. Yep. You're a Bucks fan. You got to like this move because the defense is going to be very important to keep together the way they were. Playing. I mean, yeah. If you're a Bucks fan, your your hopes got to be they keep just about everybody. Yeah. Um, of of importance, you know. You showed you showed you can win it with this team. 
I'm sure they're going to have to let, you know, a guy here go, but, you know, keep, keep the core in place and uh, it should be good to go, especially with obviously uh, the big news of, of the Drew Brees retiring from their division. So yeah, that's a, that's a good deal for them for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't, I mean, I did see the details this morning. I don't know. I'm off the top of my head. I don't know what his four year, was 72 mil, 36 mil guaranteed. Se- seems pretty reasonable. I mean, to get paid half as much as Taysom Hill seems, seems like the right number. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so Brady has restructured his contract. Right. As he always does to help free this up. So yeah. Brady basically extended for one more year. And uh, this will help them re-sign guys and look i know i know you're gonna get on me but dude no one's doing this but brady you say what you want brady is smart he restructures because he's smart enough to keep the team around him well first of all a lot of people are doing this besides brady now it's like you know yes the belichick listen first of all the i you know we we've done the belichick brady thing forever this wasn't like you know tom brady's not an accountant he didn't figure this out uh, on his own. He wasn't like, "Hey, I love restructuring." Like, this is this is a trick, uh, uh, one of many, I'm sure, that he stole from the you know slick dealing, you know, cheating mind of Bill Jeez, Belichick. Do you got to just hammer the guy? No, I'm just saying. Uh, listen, I'm a Belichick stan as well, but like, you know. He finds a way to bend the rules, break the rules. It's blah, not whatever. bending the rules. It's working within the rules. Right. It's working within the rules. But the reason no one was doing this is because it's like, wait, so what What? What are you doing? And now everybody's catching on and they are all doing it. Now it's becoming a far more common thing for everybody to go, oh, why don't we do the Belichick Brady trick where we sign him to I mean, Mahomes has restructured his contract already and he hasn't even started his contract yet. So this is now becoming a thing, which, you know, it's fine. But also, why are we having these contracts? Like, we should we should adjust the rules so then, like, a contract's a contract. Like, why are we even doing this? Why even sign a contract if you can just change the contract to fit however your needs may be? Well, yeah, I don't fully understand all that. That's kind of where the Taysom Hill deal falls into place did do you understand this at all yeah they restructure Taysom hills deal they make basically every year but next year avoidable they give up more money up front and they you know and and basically they can cut him and then they could re-sign him for less than the deal that he signed but the the way they do it is they say well if we keep you know if you stick around and you are the starter then your deal does make sense and then you keep it but you probably won't and so we'll probably let you go or restructure it again which is like okay so it's it's all the years are voidable for Taysom Hill again I don't really understand um it's so then they can give him more money up front and reduce his actual you know cap number so are they going with him next year? Apparently, they're also trying to sign Jameis Winston. Now. Interesting. Are they also trying to trade for Russell Wilson? I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I'm really talking about, you know, everybody talks about the Saints were on Russell Wilson's like short list. I'm the Saints. What about what about Deshaun Watson's just sitting out there for the taking? All right. Well, we have a lot of things. There's a lot I want to hop into right now. One, One, let me just say my quick Russell Wilson piece. The more I've thought about it as every day goes by, Russell Wilson, you're a moron if you want to leave Seattle. I'm just going to say it. I, 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 I'll just I, let you do your thing here because I mean I, well, well, look, I couldn't I, agree more. I've I, said that for a year. I said it's more Seattle than it is Russell Wilson. But you I'm know. not. I'm not saying. I think it's a combo. I, I'm not saying. Look, I basically said this the last few weeks of dude, be careful what you ask for. But the more I've thought about it, and the more I look at Seattle as an organization, dude, what are you doing? Seriously, Russ, like Seattle, let me, let me just say quickly what he's done in nine years in Seattle, as far as being on that team in nine years, you have four division titles, one Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. You've made the playoffs eight out of nine years. You've never had a losing record. Like who can say that? I'm just saying if I'm Russell Wilson, dude, you're winning the division every other year because of the organization that you play on. Now, obviously, you're a huge part of that organization, but it is a team sport. If you're Russell Wilson, you are a moron. In fact, you after DK Metcalf, what are you? Yeah, what are you thinking? Like at this and, point, and then there's the fans, and I've said this to a couple of people, you know, Bears fans and and Raiders fans and Saints fans who are out there. Be careful what you wish for too, because with Russell Wilson, you also get suddenly the worst offensive line in football. Our offensive line is terrible. They're all, you can't block anybody. Be careful what you wish for. I just don't know what he thinks will improve as far as organizational standpoint. Like we all agree. The bar was set here with the Patriots as far as the best organization, best run. I know you're going to go on some rant about cheating or whatever. As far as in the NFL after that, the Seahawks are in the next echelon. They are. Right. They straight up are. Over the last decade, for sure. Again, and, the- and listen, I'm not going to go on a whole thing about cheating, but we'll, you know, we'll double back to the thing that we talked about is Brady kept restructuring, Brady kept restructuring. Brady didn't Brady was never the highest paid quarterback in football. Yeah. And and thus the Patriots were allowed to or able to fill out a roster around him. And now the talk is, oh, we're going to, now the restructure talk has found its way to Seattle. Surprise, surprise. Like you said, you got Lockett, you got Metcalf, you got some good young running backs. You got a pretty good defense. The defense completely turned it around. Jamal Adams is just a bona fide stud. Dude, you don't want to leave Seattle. You're, and despite, you would be and stupid despite, to leave. And despite what screaming Seahawks fans say on the internet, Pro Football Focus says you have a middle-of-the-pack offensive line. You have the 16th best offensive line in football. Well, look, there's different numbers on the offensive line. I, I think I don't even want to jump into that as much. I think you got to get rid of the ball more. Sometimes they got to protect him more. At the end of the day, you won, you won 12 games last year. You, like I feel like people are forgetting the Seahawks went 12 and four, won the division, and they lost the playoffs because Russell Wilson had a dog shit game. Let's just call it what it is. I am a giant Russell Wilson stan, 
But I also know, dude, understand your circumstance. Don't be the actor. Don't be the Catherine Heigl. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Remember her? And she's like, dude, I don't need Grey's Anatomy. I got to say, this has been one of my favorite days on the history of dirty sports. Andy has abandoned college basketball entirely. He's thrown it into the fire. He just blamed the Seahawks playoff loss on Russell Wilson. I, I don't want to fully blame it on him, but look, I'm the number one Russell Wilson guy. You know that. But I also know it is part of a system. Like, dude, you think the Bears are going to be better? You think the Raiders are going to be, you're going to be better off? The only team where I'm like, wow, you're going to a great defense and a great offensive coach is New Orleans. But again, be careful what you ask for. And while the game might have passed Carroll by, and you and I have discussed this, again, the numbers don't lie. In your nine years, I just laid it all out. Dude, your worst record's nine and seven. You have the I most. Think Russell Wilson wants out because Matthew Stafford is in. I think he's got too many people chirping in his ear. I think, I think the Cardinals are on the come up. The Rams got Stafford. The Niners are one year removed from the Super Bowl. I think I think Russ wants out because Russ wants eight of nine years in the playoffs, never a losing season. He wants to go somewhere before the losing seasons start. Well, Russ, if you want to keep winning or at least playing for an organization that's going to do everything that they can, and I believe Seattle does that, and like you said, the fan base. Dude, come on, man. Obviously, the Bears have great fans. The Raiders have ex-cons as fans. But you look at some of these other teams. I guess all those teams have good fans, but I don't know. He would be stupid to leave. That's that's my take. But let's go through some other signings. This was a surprise right here. To me, at least. Cam Newton. They're giving him another year. Another shot in New England. Yeah. That was a surprise to me, too. Um but I guess the thing that isn't a surprise, another one-year deal. We know that the Patriots were in cap hell last year. They, Bill Belichick sorted that out pretty quickly. I guess he's figuring if he can have a quarterback in place and not have to start over again, um, have a quarterback in place that at least has some grasp of the system um, and can start filling in the pieces around him, uh, that – they can be decent. I mean, I don't know. The, 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 the thing is with the Patriots right now, tough division with the Bills, with the Dolphins, uh, you know, having a good defense and being on the rise. The Jets will still be the Jets. Um, so, I mean, right now, you're the third best team in the division on paper. Yeah. But. I th- I trust him to know what he's doing. Yeah. And if he wants to bring Cam back and thinks they can improve things. But also on a one-year deal, I don't think that stops you from drafting a guy or signing another guy or whatever. And, you know, I guess he, I guess the question for, for the Patriots and is what, what better options were out there right now? And so I understand it. Uh, but I'll say again, I kind of liked it for them last year. I just think if you're going to do the short-term Cam Newton thing, then treat him like a short-term option. 
And they, they were decent when he was running the ball early. Then they start going to drop back pass for Cam, which has never and will never be a thing. I think you got to build build a little bit of a like play defense, you know, try to make it low scoring. Let Cam, you know, grind a little bit. But maybe Bill Belichick has better ideas than I do, and he certainly knows far more about football than I do. Yeah, I I, I want to see another year. I like. I want to see the improvements that can be made. And I think there will be, I know there's a lot of respect from Cam Newton on Belichick from what I've seen. Maybe Cam needs to, you know, he needs, he needs a second year under that system to reach his potential. I just don't know what his potential is these days. I don't either. That's why I'm curious to see it. Do the do the Patriots finish over under second and a half place? Yes. Over or under? Over. Okay. They win at least nine games next year. Wow. Yeah. I think they do. I really do. So Breeze is officially retired. It's official. With an Instagram post of his children. Yeah. Off to NBC? He is. He will be a in-studio analyst for Sunday Night Football. And then he will also be doing commentary for, I don't know if it's in-game or in-studio for Notre Dame for NBC. He'll be doing college football as well. Wow. Okay. So the plan from what I read is... To groom him for... I hear groom and I just think of R. Kelly. Sorry. Yeah. They're going to groom gro- him for Collinsworth's job. Yeah. Which I don't like. I don't like it. You're a big Collinsworth stand. I, I don't like it because, you know, I think Breeze is me, boring. Yeah. And I, I like not, not much of an up- upgrade. If you ask me from like, I don't love, love Collinsworth, but yeah, Breeze is boring. So listen, who's he? Is he listen, replacing? Also, some- also this Instagram retirement post, this trend of like Drew Breeze, my grandfather did not work in newspapers so that you could go to social media with your retirement. I have respect for my print press grandfather fought on the front lines of the newspaper business. I knew you were going there. I knew you were so going you there. Could, so you can post a picture of your children on Instagram? How dare you? There are reporters out in the streets putting their lives on the line for stories. And you're just going to release it on social media? I don't know. Call me whatever you want, but it's just my opinion. But how dare you? Is he repl- The question to me is, will he replace anybody? So the studio, you have Dungy. You have Chris Sims. You have... Hey, Sims <laughs> is gone, right? I mean... I like well, Rodney Harrison. Yeah. And, and Rodney and Dungy been there forever. Chris is gone. I mean, seem, seem like what is Chris Sims moving the needle? I would think he'd be the one cut. Man, the Sims family just keeps losing jobs to freshly retired quarterbacks from Texas. Yeah, that's a good point. 
I mean, Phil had that job way too long as an analyst. Yeah. Um, I guess the plan, like we said, is to eventually replace and Collinsworth is getting older. Um, did you know Collinsworth has a podcast with Richard Sherman? No. Tell me that's not amazing. I've listened to a little of it. I mean, how are you, <laughs> I don't know how you don't produce it. How are you not the guy? How are, I, I'm surprised you didn't show up and you're like, I'll work for free. You know, Gary V said I should show up to somebody and tell him I'll work for free for 18 months. It's kind of an odd couple, right? Those two. Yeah. So it's, it's an Andy Ruther wet dream. Old white guy, young, outspoken black guy who's very vocal on social justice stuff. I think it's pretty like I've listened to some of it. I like it. What's it called? What is it called? Jeez, I don't even know. Um, let me look it up. What is this podcast? I don't know if they're going to continue. Um, it's just called the Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman. Wow. Richard Sherman playing the two chains role. The feet. He is. Feet Sherman. Feet Dickie Sherm. So they've done 25 episodes so far. And then they, they interview people. Speaking of the featuring, did you watch the Grammys last night? I know you used to be a, you used to be a big Grammys live tweeter. Dude, you, you bring this up. I, Trano, I, I did not watch the Grammys. You didn't watch the Grammys at all last night? Dude, I tweeted. <laughs> I was working for a pop culture radio show. And maybe I tweeted a year before I had that job too, which probably helped me get, get me that job. I mean, I'll tell you what, guys, you do the show. I've known the show with Prano for seven years. Here's the thing about Prano. I've known him for about 11, 12 years. I don't even know. He never forgets. I live tweeted the, <laughs> I mean, I live tweeted the Grammys in like 2014, 2015, 2016. Two of those years I had a job in pop culture. And Prano was like 700 Grammys tweets. Remember, remember that year you live tweeted the Grammys? Like, I didn't murder somebody. <laughs> but I know you're a big Grammys fan. That's what I was asking. Not a big Grammys fan. I watched some of the Bill Burr clips, which made me laugh. That's all I, that's all I saw on yeah. Twitter. I didn't watch it. Which Did wasn't even from the Grammys, which is hilarious. It was from, like, the pre-Grammys. Did you watch it? I, I Yeah, I, I watched it. Um, you know, my girlfriend's a big Taylor Swift stan. Fuck she's her. Swift, she's a, Swiftie. by the way, by the way, no, I'm just going to say it and let your girlfriend, know. I'm sure she's seeing this. Taylor Swift is a fucking cunt. Oh, wow. Yeah. I said it. This, is, I, this door might open. Do you know, I said it. It's stupid tweet. Dude, Taylor Swift. Oh, you should not. She tr obviously I'm triggered right now. Yeah, she, clearly. I don't even know what you're talking about. This is what I'm talking about. What is that stupid tweet? She did. She can't even take. She couldn't even take a joke about a TV show mocking oh, gee, her yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that tweet to me just screams, I'm a dumb bitch. She literally tweeted about a TV show mocking her relationships. She tweeted, Hey, Ginny and Georgia. I don't know if those are the, the writers. 2010. That's the name of the show. Oh, that's the name of the show. Okay. 2010 called it once it's lazy, deeply sexist joke back. Oh, so making fun of you, Taylor. And ironically, the writers were women. 
is sexist. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horseshit as funny? Happy Women's Hunter Month. Shut the fuck up, you stupid fucking bitch. Yeah, and I don't normally talk like that anymore, but she's a dumb fucking bitch. You think you're better than being made fun of because you have a million fans, hundreds of millions of fans? You, you can't have a joke about your relationship. That makes it sexist. Shut the fuck up. I mean, the, the other thing is like, did she watch this show? Is she at home watching this show? She or was. somebody tells her about it and then... Prino, that it, is, it, that it's, is not a, it, it's it's lowering yourself down like dude you're like a, a streaming netflix show no one watched like i i just Bra- think brad pitt's not weighing in on no no and and, and that's part of, that's part of why i'm so worked up like you're you here's why i'm so worked up you're tweeting this out and she has such a loyal fan base and then they're attacking these writers <laughs> And she oh knows what she's doing. Just tweeted cancel Andy. <laughs> I look honestly, I would love to I'll debate this with your girlfriend. How can you defend that? T- Taylor, no, but like you got really, the Swifties on your case now. Yeah, you, you, you have Swifties on your case calling for you to be canceled. Canceled. But but think about this, Joe. What Taylor Swift is saying is I'm off limits. She's literally saying I'm off limits for jokes. And a joke mocking her failed relationships is not a sexist joke. Think about that. I'm off limits. I'm above that. Who the fuck are you? And I bet she gives terrible head. I've said that for years. <laughs> I know she gives terrible head. That's why dudes keep breaking up. You with are her. so triggered. I am triggered. Dude, that, that tweet. I don't know why. So you, that- didn't wa- so you didn't watch the Grammys? <laughs> she won. She won album of the year. Did she give some rant how these sexist, these no, sexist shows on Netflix no, that didn't. are actually, written by females? Actually, my only problem with her speech was there was she got album of the year and some, you know, there's other producers that are involved in this. So the guy, the guy who's involved in the production goes up first and gives like literally like a two minute speech. And then. I mean, first of all, you can see her in the background. She literally like jumps the gun to grab the mic from him. And then she takes it and she's like, I just, you know, uh. it's like, how are you still nervous after? St- like, how are you still doing the fake heavy breathing thing after you stood behind him for two full minutes? Like, uh, like, like she was caught off guard. You've been standing up there for two minutes, hugging a bunch of people. Oh, oh, like. Oh, you know what the joke was? You know what the joke is? I'm looking at Taylor Swift's Twitter. The joke on that show said, what do you care? You go through men faster than Taylor Swift. I don't know what's worse, me being triggered by her Twitter response or her being triggered by that. Twiggered. Triggered. That's triggered. Twiggered is when you're triggered by something on Twitter. I was was missing, mixing Taylor's. I just, I like, do you see where my anger comes from? Yeah. Listen, I. Prano, she has 88 million Twitter followers. And when, when you do that, she basically doxed and she did. I, I followed it. Th- those female writers who wrote the show. Just got destroyed. Dude, when you have 80, you're, you have a weapon. You have 88 million followers. And you're basically saying, go after these writers. 
because they made a joke that I go through men. You do because you don't know how to suck dick. God, I, I find her so exhausting. Clearly, I agree. There's 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 nothing like that. That tweet. Alone. I like that you've spoken more about Taylor Swift's tweet than you did about the March Madness basketball tournament. <laughs> there are podcast fans who are just like, what is happening? And he's like, uh, listen, just didn't really get into college basketball this year. Oh, you, you said Taylor Swift. Let's do 10 minutes on that. Damn. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do I, do I, am I still allowed to stay at your apartment or did your girlfriend just say, Oh, I, you, you've been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But that's what I'm saying. They're so ride or die. If, if I, if I said to your girlfriend and I'll ask her point blank, what, what makes Taylor Swift so appealing? Outside of her music, like I don't care. You can like someone's music. I don't care. Like that's. that's I don't. I. I. I what makes? I certainly cannot answer. You will have to, but we'll have can, to do this through through like bulletproof glass. Like that would be my we'll question. In, we'll have to do this, and uh, this will be like, uh, you know, when when people meet up with the uh, with the kidnapper. Like we're gonna have this is gonna have to happen in a public park so that no one gets hurt. Well, I'll, I will ask her. Again, I take the music out of it because I'm not going to people have their musical taste or whatever. God, this girl's exhausting. Let's move on because, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm too triggered you, right you're now. You're twiggered. <laughs> twiggered is either getting triggered by a tweet or when a three year old gets triggered. I'm twiggered. <laughs> I was I was so I was so triggered that they, I, they went out of chocolate milk today and I all had to have waggy warm milk. I'm twiggered. <laughs> Which uh, is probably the gen whatever generation the next generation is. That's the kind of thing we'll hear. Cancel the cafeteria. I'm twiggered by not getting my chocolate milk. I see Emiliano says in YouTube. Meanwhile, the guy at the cafeteria is like, this milk identifies as chocolate. Just drink it. <laughs> he says, Ruther going back to his 2014 prime anger because of Taylor Swift. LOL. I know. I feel like we need you to post tweet the Grammys. Just <laughs> see, this is why we need your Grammy tweets. Andy. <laughs> it, I, I clearly I've not, I've always kind of had some issues with her and i guess it really came out today and it came out from that did, tweet did your, was your ex-girlfriend a big taylor swift fan no i'm trying to get to the root of this as your therapist <laughs> no i'm not gonna let you get dive into it i'm just kidding i'm just kidding. i was gonna We're say not, i i you literally like like a deep breath i mean it's unbelievable uh but drew Brees, joe back drew to Brees. him i think he will be eh as an analyst, like, cause you and I both agree. He's not the most interesting guy. Drew Brees is I, the, Drew Brees is the Taylor Swift of quarterbacks. Like I, I, th I thought we were, I thought, you know, I thought we escaped this. I was like, Oh, the $40 million NBC deal. I thought, I thought we were going to escape this when he got canceled, but here we are. No, I knew that was going to happen. I knew they were going to bring him back. 
So the Packers re-signed Aaron Jones. That was another big signing. Yep. $12 million a year getting hammered by the football heads because it's a running back. And I got to say the, you know, the, this is, this is a, a trend that I think is very, this is a very lame football trend of um, destroying every single running back contract because yes, the value of the running back position is not that high and paying a guy $12 million to be a running back when you just drafted a running back, it doesn't seem like the smartest thing, but I just, I just want to get into the head of these analysts that are all over now that hammer every running back contract. Because first of all, this isn't a Zeke contract. This isn't a girly contract. This is $12 million for four years. Yes. Are you going to see about the value of it? I don't know. But what are these guys like the flip, the flip side of the coin is no one is arguing what should happen is, is are basically all these guys arguing you should never, ever, ever sign a second contract with a running back. Look, I, I think like running back, every running back in history should be on a, on a rookie deal. I think they're overpaid, but I, I agree. I think this isn't a bad one. 12 years, 48 million. I just think I just think when you're when you are where the Packers are when you have a quarterback who was upset last year at the lack of weapons that they what that they you know either acquire for him draft for him keep for him they're built on you know playing defense like same thing play actions a cheat code like I just think if if you have another running back who's on a rookie contract, if you're playing, if you're paying your backfield, you know, $13 million a year total or whatever it is. I understand that there's like this overvaluing, but to me, this is, if this is the top end that guys start getting paid, if you start giving guys 12 million a year instead of $22 million a year, to me, that's smart. I agree. I just think that the hammering of every running back deal is becoming a very played out. I told you so look how it didn't work out like hot take. I look at it this way. You're going to, let's say you get two good, two more good years out of Aaron Jones. It's worth like, if you can get two years, the then it's the NFL. So you cut him. Exactly. So if you can get two more good years, out of the production you've gotten the last couple years, then you're fine. I mean, I mean, look, he's one of two players in NFL history to start with 3,000 yards rushing and 35 plus rushing touchdowns and five yards of carry in the first four seasons. Like the point is, like he's put up the numbers. It's not that bad of a deal. And they didn't give him the $20 million deal. Exactly. Like you said, it's not a girly deal. It's not a Zeke deal. It's, it's, I like it. Like I said, get two more good years out of him. Uh, Listen, I think it's fine. Like, do I like it? Do I love it? Not necessarily, but at the same time, I just don't know what people, I just don't know. And it seems like it's always the talking heads that are either like, quarterback guys or offensive line guys or defensive guys. Like obviously, you know, 
the the overvaluing of a running back is a thing, but like I just think that this has become a tired media trope. We're just going to shit on every running back contract because you're like, oh, no running backs worth twenty million. Okay, so he's worth twelve. Well, that's also still ridiculous. Like basically, you're just saying never, ever, 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 ever sign any running back ever. I don't like the big long term deals or the heavy dollar value and this is neither yeah so yeah so i'm fine with it you're gonna you're gonna have to pay guys like you said at a certain point and you gotta like aaron aaron jones in the running game in general has helped rogers so like look what he, he won the mvp last year yeah there's a reason they won what you know 27 games or whatever it is in the last two seasons yeah. 20, 26 games. And he didn't have a running back for a lot of years. Right. If you going back to like Ryan Grant, as far as like an established thousand yard guy. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. So look, it keeps, it keeps that offense intact. I mean, for years, the green Bay Packers went through running backs. Like Taylor Swift went through boyfriends. Oh my God, I'm going to tweet about it. You've been canceled. I'm just trying to get our show canceled so that millions of people can tune in and listen to that. Like, I need to find the thing at the 46 minute mark where he said the thing about running backs. <laughs> I want full nuclear on her. I know. I know. Called her a cunt. <laughs> Definitely not that's monetized. Another, that's a, a, that, like, canceled also starts with the C. So I look forward to Tug Coker being my co host on Thursday. After you've been ripped out of your home in Cincinnati, Ohio. I, yeah. God knows my next door neighbor is probably like, what do they call them? Swifties? Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You want speaking of speaking of fans, do you want to, as I look through, there's some other stuff, but we can talk next episode on that. Do you want to, uh, you want to get to some calls? Well, what, 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 what aren't we touching? What are we missing? No, there's some other stories I don't want to jump into. We can okay. save for next. Like it's it's nothing free agent. It's nothing that's that we have to. Oh, we could talk about this real quick. Uh, no surprise here. Joel Embiid's hurt again. Yeah, I mean I don't want to be that guy, but like right now it's two weeks missing that he's going to be gone. Like you just got to stay healthy, man. Stuff being a huge guy. I know doing all this stuff. I mean, you know, the the tough part about the NBA these days is all these big guys are now stretching and doing all this other stuff like, you know, stre- uh, and stretching. I mean, stretching the floor. Obviously, Joel Embiid could use some stretching. Uh, but the the days of the plotting big man, the Patrick Ewing slowly making their way from from uh, block to block are gone. And, you know, there this is it's a lot of wear and tear. I mean, certainly Embiid has had his injury troubles, but you know, basically at this point, it, it was a hyperextension. I don't know what he actually got diagnosed with, but you absolutely got to play it better safe than sorry. Uh, have him rest, try to have him healthy. Yeah, because the, the Sixers are not doing anything without Joel Embiid come playoff time. Sure. And I get it. You're right. I mean, it's it's not easy to stay healthy at that, you know, at that level of being tall and the weight 
guys get hurt all the time, but they're, they, they need him. I don't know how that affects the MVP discussion. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll find out. It, it, we'll find out in his absence. Yeah, Durant's out. Up. Durant's out too. A few more weeks. Yep. You know, you got to be you. Know, you got to be careful though. It comes to a certain point. I mean, I think we saw this last year. Remember, the Clippers had so many injuries. Like you got to get the you got to get the core three to play together to get some symmetry there. Long enough, maybe even before the playoffs. No, absolutely. The idea that but, they're just going to put it together. No, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about the Nets specifically. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the 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 Nets having three of those guys, like two of those guys can get, I mean, I think you need Kevin. It's got to be Kevin Durant and one of those guys. Like sure. that's the thing. And and really it's got to be Kevin Durant and James Harden. Like of, of the two of the three, if you're like, you can only have two of the three, those are the two people are going to pick anybody with a brain. So, you, you know, while the team might, from a usage standpoint and an offensive production standpoint, might be running through James Harden, you still need Kevin Durant's going to be the guy. The, what Kevin Durant brings is, you know, an unguardable matchup and a guy who hits that shot at the end of the game. Yeah. And so they're absolutely going to need him to win. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. All right. You want to hear from the dirt balls? Sure. All right. Before we do that, Joe, I would like to announce a new partnership deal that Dirty Sports has. I'm excited to work with these guys because it, it, it's actually something that I really could have used. I'm glad I have it now, but it's something I could have used during the winter because it was so brutal. Uh, our friends at SA Company, safishing.com forward slash dirty. We have our own link have multi-purpose face shields. And these are great. Dirt balls, these is gonna, this is going to be a great addition for a lot of our listeners because I know a lot of our listeners are outside, Joe. A lot of them like to fish, do outdoor activities, hunt, you name it. It's the perfect face shield for your next outdoor adventure, whether you're in the sun, the cold, going for a hike, skiing, you name it. Put it would have been my face shield, Andy. Are you put? You're putting yours on. It's on. I wore this one the other day when I went golfing. You know, it was it was cold in the morning. I wore it around my neck for warmth. Also, then it was still around my neck later when the sun came out, protect me from the sun. It's great. Like I, like I said, it was so cold this winter. I would have loved to have this when I was shovel. I was shoveling the snow nonstop, and it would have been great. Now my face shield, which I can't put on because I'm talking to microphone, but I'll show everybody. I like. This is very Andy Ruther esque. The the, the, the you Joker. Worn, you could have worn that to the uh, Insane Clown Posse show. Yeah. So this is the Joker. They have so many cool designs. This one, Probably so not my, the Joker trademark, but Angry Clown. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this one, my nephew and niece were liking this one. This was like a Cosmos, like an yeah. outer space one. Yeah, Galaxy uh, Brain. Yeah. So that they have so many different types of. They're super thin too. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's, it's an all purpose thing. You wear it on your head, you wear it on your neck. Yeah. You wear it on whatever. So, I mean, the designs are great and guys, this really is a great deal. And I'll put this in the description of the podcast. Stay the link, stay protected outdoors because right now you can get an insane deal. If you buy one face shield, you get four free. 
You really can't beat that. It's $150 value for just $24.99. So go to just go to safishing.com forward slash dirty to get five face shields for the price of one plus a lifetime warranty and free returns if you're not satisfied. That's safishing.com forward slash dirty. Again, if you're an outdoors person, it's going to protect you from the elements. I know a lot of our listeners like to hunt, go fishing. If you're a snowboarder, it's going to protect you from all the elements. So go to safishing.com forward slash dirty. 25 bucks gets you five face shields. And you can wear it now. Now you now. What is that called? There's different ways to wear it. I don't know, but I'm wearing it on my head now because I'm inside and it's getting a little warm around my neck. Good for good for the weather. Perfect. All right, you want to hear from the dirt balls? Yes. Our first call is a uh, a paid call. I like these. Love the paid call. Oh, helps I also us. have a paid paid message in my Venmo. We got to get to. Okay, so this is from uh, from Nick, a loyal dirt ball, and. Uh, He's calling from, uh, I believe, the state of Washington. So he's got this call for us. What's up, Joe and Andy? This is Nick from Spokane, Washington. Um, calling because I got a question about uh, deserting teams that you've rooted for since childhood. My best friend uh, wants to ditch the Seattle Mariners, our childhood team. Um, I see where he's coming from, ownership recently came out and said that uh, the financial bottom line is is more important than the bottom line of winning on the field, which we know most owners already believe, but for him to essentially state that on the record uh, stung him pretty hard, so he's ready to jump ship. I don't necessarily want him to, but I'd like you guys to weigh in on whether or not that's okay, and if he is going to leave, who should he leave for? He has a short list of the Brewers, Padres, Mets, and Tampa Bay Rays thought maybe you could weigh in on some of those teams, uh, pros and cons. And if not those who, uh, who would you guys choose? Fire Ruther, your reds didn't, uh, didn't make his short list. Thanks a lot. Stay dirty boys. Well, first things first, I, I'm all for people abandoning their teams. I, I think it's fine. Um, I think th- abandoning your team because you don't like what your team is doing is way more acceptable than abandoning your team in favor of another team or in favor of this other player or in favor of whatever. Like if you're, you know, if you're from, you know, Seattle or Spokane or whatever, and you're a Mariners fan becoming a Reds fan, because that's where Griffey goes. That's, you know, that's just part of the game. Guys leave guys that you like stay loyal to your team unless you don't like what your team's doing. And then I'm all for it. Listen, I have, I simply just didn't have the courage to abandon the Knicks. I should have abandoned the Knicks a long time ago. I wish I had, I, uh, you know, it's just, I'm in an abusive relationship. I've never been able to get out of it. I've had many cries for help. I can't, I, I, you know, I wish I could, I wish I could, I've tried. Um, so yeah, abandoning your team because you don't like what they're about is to me totally fine. And I think that the only um, the only question mark comes with how you choose another team. And I think, you know, based on the selections that he gave, the Rays, the Padres, the Mets, and there was one more in there. Um, 
Brewers? Brewers. Uh, all of those teams, you know, n- n- neither none of those teams are in the midst of any sort of, you know, uh, dynasty run. Yeah, you're not becoming a Dodgers fan. You're not becoming a Yankees fan. You're not becoming, you know, you're not, you're not crossing to the, you know, the fandom of another team in your division, which would seem very suspect as well. Um, wanting to hop on board a young Padres team or a young Mets team. Uh, wanting to jump aboard the Tampa Bay Rays who, yeah, they were in the world series last year, but like do not have a history of consistently being good or hopping on a Brewers team that was, you know, made a deep playoff run last year, but who knows where they'll be in the next time. Like I'm totally fine with it. And my thing would be, you know, if you're in Seattle, maybe choose like the Padres will at least be playing like, somewhat close by they'll have games in you know san francisco regularly they'll have games where i don't know it's on the west coast and so you could go see games that being said you know maybe it's fun to pick a a mets team and be like hey every year i'm gonna go see my favorite baseball team in new york and plan a trip around it um i'm i'm fine with all those i think i think the real tough thing is you know not being like i'm gonna become a yankees fan or a red sox fan or a dodgers fan uh all those would be kind of suspect decisions or you know switching to a like i said another al west team so i'm totally fine with it i think it's appropriate to abandon your team when the ownership makes zero effort to be good And it sounds like that's the case. So that's what's that's always been my argument on the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, if you don't want to actually be good, why should I root for you? On the opposite side, the Reds have basically been bad for the majority of my life, but they've tried. There is a difference. Like the Reds last year went all out and signed a bunch of guys. It didn't pan out. They they've had a history of signing people that doesn't work out or making bad moves. To me, there is a difference. There's a difference of like, hey, we're going to throw. I completely agree. And the other thing is, I think I think that, you know, when you abandon a team, you can't come back. Yeah. You can't come back. Now, you could say, oh, I'm going to come back if ownership changes. Okay, maybe. Maybe I'm going to return to my hometown team if they replace this ownership. But you can't do the like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back if they get good. Yeah, I've always said, I'll root for the Bengals the minute the Brown family sells the team. You know, they, they, they've obviously had some successful seasons in the last 10 years, but that ever since that game, there, there is a difference. Like, like, like if, if you're on a team that just doesn't care to win, it's, 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 it's no different than why would you go to a restaurant that doesn't care to make good food or give you good service? It is the same thing. Yeah. Why am I going to pay money? And just always keep in mind, you know, Bad ownership is terrible, but there you could always have worse ownership. There's a lot of bad owners in sports. So, you know, do your due diligence and and make sure you pick a team with like a decent owner. Obviously, the a move to the Mets right now is a nice move because they've just finally got rid of their terrible ownership. But you know, they're not they're not stopping Ken Griffey Jr. from walking into the uh Mariner Stadium. So it could always be worse. Yeah. True. I, I forgot that we had a paid question on Venmo, Andy. Yeah, go for it. Question for the pod from David Castellan. 
how would you guys feel if the NBA splits up their two conferences like the NFL or baseball? Do you think it would balance out the competition and what teams would you like to see become new division rivals? I, I'm assuming that means because they're, the conferences are pretty split up that they wouldn't meet until the NBA finals or something like that. But we already have cross sport in baseball and cross, you know, cross conference in baseball and football. So I'm not sure how much that changes things. I'm a little confused on this. I think more like AFC, NFC, as opposed to, you know, just East West. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a more of a, there's more cross conference play than there is in other sports. Like if you're in the NFC East, you don't necessarily get a game against everybody in the AFC. Gotcha. If you're in the, you know, if you're in the NL, you don't necessarily get a game against everybody in the AL. So it's, it's based against other divisions. Yeah. So separating it more so where it's more of a AF, mm. you know, a, an East and West conference. I, I, currently I like the system, so I would keep it. Okay. I, I, I do too. I, I think that, you know, the, the great thing about basketball as opposed to all, you know, it kind of ties back to the last question a little bit, obviously the NBA, no helmets, no face masks. People are fans of players. I'm not a fan of like rooting for teams because of players, but I think a lot of people enjoy the ability to go see LeBron James when he comes to the garden and go see like it, it would suck if, you know, LeBron James in his last few years with the Lakers only comes to the garden once every three years. Yeah, I agree. So I would be in favor of Lake, keeping it. This, you know, and the, and the it rivalries, is. the Lakers Celtics. Yeah. So remember, I don't know, a week or two ago, we were discussing condiments and, and you kind of did a, a, a baseball lineup with them. Sure. We talked about second baseman that catch yeah. up with the second baseman. Yeah. So we had a dirt ball, leave a call his one through nine condiments. Okay. So he made a lineup. He made a lineup. Okay. So he's high. So it's like, I mean, he made a lineup of condiments. I think, I don't (laughs) think we need to, I don't think we need to add that he is high. I just want to warn everybody. Like it's, it's, you know, it can be tough at times. It's a drawn out call. Definitely exceeded the the limit, but he's stoned. I'll give him a mulligan. And I thought it was kind of funny. So I'll play it. What's up guys, Eric from Lakewood, Colorado. Uh, formerly Paramus, New Jersey. We got Little League World Upgrades. Series class two, all right? But I'm calling you guys about the uh, uh, the catch-up as a light-hitting second baseman uh, a few days ago. Um, so I was looking through my uh, my refrigerator, and here's, here's my lineup. I mean, I got Salsa leading off. I mean, hot-handed fielder. This is what happens when you're in a state with legal weed. You forget what you're saying. But he made Johnny it one batter. Is coming second. Keep it moving down the lineup, right? Put that on anything. Hot sauce. I can't even pick one because I have so many in the fridge. My cleanup hitter is barbecue sauce, like. Tell me you're gonna smoke some ribs and not have that as your power hit. Come on. Mayo, number five. I feel like that's your second cleanup guy who's fat and can't run. Mustard coming in at number six, solid, keep it moving. 
ranch. I wanted to put six, but you can't go mayo and ranch back to back. Like that's just bad management. And I wanted to put ketchup at eight, like Joe said, but I think ketchup is my second leadoff. I got to put him at nine. You could put him on a lot of things. And at number eight would be soy sauce. You got to have the Asian guy in the lineup, right? So there we go. Hopefully that's under a minute. Not even close. Um, condoms are for the Astros. They're for the Phillies. Anyone in Philly. Angel Hernandez. And that Wubble of a Dub Dub guy. <laughs> Love a Dub? It's hilarious. I think that's a pretty good lineup, to be honest. I think it's a pretty good lineup. I'm taking this too seriously. I wrote it down. So I saw we could, you. We could go right. over. Go, f- uh, go for it. I like salsa at one. Yeah. I do. My problem with salsa at one came when you did hot sauce at three. Because I like hot sauce at three. So then salsa and hot sauce, like I know they're not the same, but they're in the same world. They are. I agree. So what I'm going to do with him is I'm going to remove, I'm going to move salsa to my second leadoff hitter. Um, I like hot sauce at three, though. Honey mustard at two. I kind of like it, but I also kind of like mayo at two. Since he brought up mayo, it's like, I mean, talk about something that's like, you know, just a get it done, you know, uh, contact hitter. Like mayo goes on a lot. Mayo goes on sandwiches. Mayo goes in tuna fish. Mayo goes in like a ton of ingredients, like, you know, kind of like mayo at two. Uh, But I also like honey mustard. I do like hot sauce at three. Barbecue at four. Certainly a strong play, especially when he starts talking about like putting it on, you know, whatever. So now if I'm if I'm switching, the problem is with where if I if I switch mayo into the honey mustard roll, I'm now you're going mustard mustard. So here's what I'm going to do for for the sake for the sake of his lineup. I'm going to go mayo leadoff hitter. Honey mustard two, hot sauce three, barbecue four. I'm going to move mustard up to five. I'm going. I like his ranch. I'm, I'm not a huge ranch guy, so I'm going to do a ranch slash blue trees. Then soy sauce, then ketchup, and then I'll throw salsa as my second leadoff in the nine spot. Is there any other condiment he didn't mention that we could substitute? Like where's relish? Relish isn't making the top nine. Relish is no. um, as is like a is like a mainly a hot dog True. situation. You know, I'm I'm doing ranch and blue cheese together, so we're putting that there. Um, you know, I'm I'm including like a uh, like a sriracha as like a hot sauce, right? Sriracha to me is a clutch uh, condiment. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it hot sauce. I don't know. What else are we missing? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. But I like it. And I like where his head's at. I like when he's a minute 45 and then he goes, I hope this is under a minute. <laughs> like, bro, you know, it's on your phone. You can see how long your call is. Weed, man. I'm there, bro. I feel you, though. You always lose track of time. Okay. Let's get to a couple more calls. Andy and Joe. 
How's it going? Statement and a question. First of all, Andy, don't worry about having to talk sports and all that shit. Honestly, fuck anyone who thinks you guys have to stick to sports. I will pay any amount of money to listen to you guys talk about whatever the fuck you want to. And speaking of which, uh, I've been a Patreon uh, supporter ever since you guys made a Patreon. How many Patreon supporters, or what's the threshold that we have to get in order to get, like, a Rabble-style live broadcast of, like, an NBA game, an MLB game, whatever it is, uh, maybe once or uh, once a month, once a week, if we got up to whatever the threshold is? I want to put the call out. I want Dirt Balls to support this because any amount of content that comes out of the DFPN network is good content, and I'm here for it, drinking some Miller Lights. And, yeah, I, I just really love you guys' show and want to want to support as much as I can and, and, you know, want as much content as possible. So that's all I wanted to say. Hope you guys have a wonderful week, and uh, stay dirty. Well, first of all, thank you for the support and thank you for supporting our Patreon. And uh, also thank you for being one of the many dirtballs who seem to like non-sports related content. That seems to be yeah. a theme, Joe Prano. Yeah, I like it. Um, I appreciate that call. All, all good things. And I think, you know, the question, I don't want to speak on behalf of you, Andy, but I think the question of like, what is the threshold is uh, I don't think there's really a number there, but I will say this because we don't really talk about the Patreon much. The Patreon is still there. What is the Patreon, Andy? Is it Patreon slash Dirty Sports? I think it is. I don't. I should probably know this. It's probably. Um, I imagine it'd be pretty easy to figure out. But here's what I'll say in terms of a Patreon thing, because Andy and I have discussed this um, from time to time, doing get, getting back in the live events. Patreon.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Correct. So the thing about Patreon is it is a monthly subscription. So I don't think there necessarily has to be a threshold, but if all of a sudden, just from this call alone, all of a sudden, if we just saw a couple people, a few people, a handful of people, a dozen people suddenly be monthly donators to the Patreon, I think that's the kind of thing where we're not looking at a threshold so much as being like, wow, that call inspired a dozen people to punch in Patreon and give a monthly donation of however much money. And I think that would, you know, say, Hey Andy, looks like people really want maybe a monthly live call. Yeah. And we've talked about it too, because, and I, and I'd love to hear from, from dirt balls, whether it be in, the dirty sports DMS or our personal DMS or whatever is like, obviously you and I are doing this show on zoom these days. So the days of us sitting next to each other on a couch and watching a game is uh, pretty much over. Although you are visiting Los Angeles, California very soon. So I don't want to make any promises, but that seems like it would be a time where we could do something like that. But also, you know, the rabble thing was audio. We weren't doing it on video. There is like Clubhouse these days. There are like audio conversation apps. I don't know what percentage of the dirt balls use Clubhouse or listen to it, but like I think there's some options out there. And you and I haven't really dug deep into deciding which of those might be the best for us because maybe we, you know, haven't seen the call for it, but this is the literal call for it. So I would say if we saw a little Patreon bump of of almost any size from this phone call that you and I would explore a clubhouse or a rabble or a YouTube or a whatever type of thing in terms of 
calling some NBA games coming yeah. up, calling opening day of baseball coming up. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. A That'd marathon opening day. I don't, I don't want to throw out too many ideas. But... Marathon. Well, let's just tap the brakes a little. But you know, yeah, I, I'm the... down. I agree. If 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 there's more demand, you and I are flexible. Um, maybe Andy watches the Grammy replay. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. <laughs> there you go again, trying to trigger me. Boy, God. <laughs> Uh, I like the call though. I appreciate I like it. Call. All right, we got one more call, and we'll wrap up the show. What do we got here? Joe, Andy, your number one ranked Minnesota farmer, dirtball Jay here. Uh, question for Andy: <laughs> How much money would it take into the thus fund to get you to put spree wells in the hatchback? Uh, I think that. That'd be great. Um, also, that cheddar dip from my neighboring state, Wisconsin. Uh, how about you mind your own business, buddy? Let Andy go on all the roller coasters he wants to. You cheesy son of a bitch. Stay dirty, boys. Oh wow! Now, now I love it. We now have a discussion about my Kings Island season pass. Midwest turning on itself. Yeah. Um. White on white crime. <laughs> the, the well, first of all, Jay, Jay, Jay's up there. Jay and Kyle might have left the most calls. Farmer Dirtball Jay, he's up there. We discussed last week who's left the most calls. Um, the spinning rims is probably not going to happen. I'll be fully honest because I'm under a lease and the lease ends in January. So I'm You're not less than a year left on the car on the that I don't hatchback. own. That I don't own. Right. So, uh, now you could buy spree wells, put them on, and then keep them for your next car. But then you'd have to have a car with the same size wheels, and yeah. So now, how uh, much? How much in the Patreon for you to put spree wells on your dad's old car? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be hilarious! That wow. I appreciate the support though about Kings Island. Um, you know, let Andy Coaster. Let Andy Coaster. Can a guy just go down a slide? Can it can it can a grown man? You know, Joe, I'm gonna bring this up though, now that we're discussing it. Because I I never felt this until now. At what point am I the creepy guy in the neighborhood that's in a house that houses a family and is too old and they're like, yo, is this guy a pedo? I think, yeah. At what point? I think when you moved in. Okay, so I'm already there. Yeah. And you're old and people are the neighbors are looking in. You're never in the house. You're always in the basement. What are you doing in the basement? What's going on down there? But the basement lights are on. It's something out of like, you know, like the burbs with Tom Hanks. What about the one guy who's just always in his basement? What's in the basement? So a new family kids. Yeah. A new family moved in up the street and there's a neighborhood email list. And you went by and you're like, yeah, I got Kings Island season passes. Anybody need, you know, if your kids, you know, if you guys are out working or whatever, if your kids need somebody to take them to Kings Island. No, I didn't do that. But, you know, I get an email. There's like 77 people in our three or four street neighborhood. It's just an, a neighborhood email thread. Yes. How did you get on that? Well, they asked if I wanted to be added when I moved. So this is like a, a hyper local, like, uh, like next door. 
yes. situation. Okay. And, uh, you know, that, that was the big announcement. Hey, Andy's moving in, uh, the house, everybody, you know, like, were your parents on this email list? Yeah. My dad was, that's how it happened. It was, is I asked him to remove my dad after he died. Uh, of course. So somebody moved in up the street and I get one of those intro emails like, Hey, so-and-so is moving in, you know, it says their jobs, their kids, their dogs. And now I'm getting all these re- people are doing all these reply alls, which to be honest are obnoxious. I mean, um, yeah. Welcoming him to the neighborhood. I was this close. I still might do it. I don't know though. We're talking, this is a major move. I was this close to hitting respond all and saying, welcome to the neighborhood. If you need any drugs, come down and listing my address. But we're talking like, that's a huge, like, it seems like there's absolutely no good that can come of that. Yeah. It would, it would definitely anger my parents and I don't want to anger my parents, even though they're gone. I don't want to anger their spirits. Um, <laughs> you know because i believe in that stuff i i I just you hit send and the lights start flickering you know but it is funny going back to the point i'm seeing this and it's like oh we're moving in like and then another couple moved in up the street and it's like here i am again in a house it's not the biggest house but a house that did raise seven a seven person family and now I'm just by myself here. I'm wondering at what point are they like, yo, what is his deal? And apparently you said they're already at that point. Yeah. So I'm the neighborhood weirdo. Yes. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Well, it'll be better now that COVID's starting to free up. He's always that- in his basement. There's a lot of yelling coming from the basement. Is he, is he hurting people down there? Really hates that Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm not even trying to trigger you again. <laughs> well, the hotline is 310-359-8365. It'll cut you off at two minutes, but I'd prefer a minute because <laughs> you don't want to get me uh twiggered. And uh yeah, leave a call. Let us know. Leave an iTunes review. Leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in that iTunes review, and I will send you some koozies. You can follow Joe on Clubhouse, right, Joe? Uh, I am on Clubhouse, on Clubhouse. I, have not, I have not done anything or used. I don't I don't even know. I think I've listened to one thing on there, but I haven't done it. But the reason I signed up is because I was like, hey, maybe Andy and I want to live call some uh, baseball games or basketball games or whatever. We'll see. I don't I've you know, I'm just getting my feet wet and even listening to things on it. Anyway, I guess. Yeah, you can follow me on Clubhouse. I'm at Joe Prane on all social media except for Twitter, where I where I'm fixing your life at Fix Your Life. Um, that's it. I guess uh, donate to the Patreon and we'll call some live games while drinking the refreshing Miller lights. Perfect. All right, guys, that is the episode. Thanks for the support. My apologies to Taylor Swift. Psych, not apologizing, not apologizing. Guys have a great few days and uh, psych. Yeah, I hit him with the psych. We're watching (laughs) Chappelle show. Uh, We'll see you guys in a couple days. Much love, and as always, stay dirty.